Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Andy, tell me how you know somebody has super manager syndrome and then what's yeah. the cure? Yeah, well, so um, I think that First of all, you you look at flags or, okay. or you throw flags mm-hmm. based on a conversation with someone. Right. Um, some of the key thoughts are, I just don't have enough time in my day okay. uh, to get everything done. Uh, another statement is, I'm having trouble prioritizing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, another statement is, you know, all this managing stuff would be great, but when am I going to have time to do my real job? Right, right, right. Right? Right. right. These are all what I would say are super manager uh, uh, flags or statements mm-hmm. that, that say, oh, we've got a person here mm-hmm. who was very likely a high performer in the job that they had before. They were probably a superstar. They were a superstar. And they were rewarded for that, mm-hmm. not just monetarily, but with a promotion. Right. And they were rewarded into a manager position. Right. Well, and let's step back just for a second. Not only were the awards when they were high performer, it was the recognition, the awards, right. the being brought up in front of the team, Ego. Uh, the you know all the accomplishments. They right. did this, this, and yeah. this, and so they're always being recognized for that. Yep. And then now they're playing a completely different role. Yep. And uh, the biggest symbol for me is, or the biggest symptom that I see from that, is all of a sudden this is hard. And they don't know, they can't express why it's hard, right? but it's it, it's like they're trying to do all the work they had before, plus do what they see as their management role now, and they can't do it all. Well, psychologically, here's what they think, mm-hmm. and I believe this. Mm-hmm. And they may not admit this outright, right? but they know that they were rewarded for doing something. Right, right, right. Very, very well. Right. right? They were rewarded. And back in the back of their mind, they're thinking, if I just do more of that, I'm going to get rewarded again. Right, right, right. right. And I hate to say this, but it's almost like work that way. It's almost like it's almost like the the rat or the mouse. They hit the they hit the lever, yeah. and then all of a sudden they they're so good at hitting the lever, they go, okay, this is the greatest mouse of all time. We're going to promote them to being, you know, management mouse, and they're still hitting the lever and. That's not the job of management mouse. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, obvious symptoms are, as you see, somebody who worked a, you know, a reasonable number of hours in mm-hmm. a work week, all of a sudden, you know, double those. Right. And and those people burn out really quickly, right. by the way. Um, that, in fact, they may be, they're the type of people that just say, um, okay, I've just got to drive harder and and if they will. Right. They'll put their head down and they will just drive. Right. And they may even succeed a couple times after that, mm-hmm. but they'll eventually hit a ceiling where they can't do it all themselves. Right. And that's the problem that we see here with a super manager is that we we have someone who doesn't understand fundamentally that their role has changed. Right. That their work has changed. Right. The real work is something different than what they did before, and it's hard for them to pull themselves out of that. Because I almost see this image: the nameplate changed, but their mindset didn't. Right. And you know, now they've got this different role, but they're still saying, "Well, these are the things that worked in the past. You know, this is where my cheese was then," and they want to continue to have that path. And so, um, so 
how do we know uh, they have super manager syndrome? What what do we know that gets them there? That we we know they've they've got their full blown super, super manager syndrome. Stressed out, uh, they feel like they're on a hamster wheel. They, they, uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've used all the rodent analogies now. <laughs> absolutely, they're running as hard as they can possibly uh, uh, run. They they lack balance in their life, mm. um, and they lack clarity in their thought. Mm-hmm. And you can tell when you're talking with somebody mm-hmm. who is in this spot that they are overwhelmed they are stressed out they are mm-hmm. bewildered right by the challenges before them mm-hmm. because they think they have to do them all themselves right i'll give you a great example of this just had a brand new uh, uh, senior executive i won't say the title or things like that but a senior executive of a large organization that i've got an agreement with and i do coaching for their entire team and and uh, so I had to do some individual coaching with her to get her up to speed on what we're doing and what coaching is and all of this. Because as you well know, 80% of people have never been taught this skill, which is a great for us because there's just a huge market out there for people to be taught this skill. Right. And it's a high leverage activity. And anyway, she call, you know, I call her up and how are you doing? And she is just absolutely frantic. She's been there and she's got this report she's got to get done and it requires input from a lot of people and other people haven't been given their input and blah, 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 and just absolutely frantic. And so I used the coaching model just to say, okay, what do you want to accomplish? What do you want to achieve? Where do you want to go? And the amazing thing was you could actually hear after the hour long conversation, you could hear her tonality change because now she had a game plan of which, how she wanted to address this. She had a game plan of how she right. wanted to approach it. Before, she had no clarity, and coaching helped her get clarity. And so that's what we do with man- super managers who have the super manager syndrome. We help them get clarity. So what's one of the greatest lies we tell ourselves? Uh, you know, what, what do you think is the greatest lie if we tell ourselves? If you're a super manager. If you're a super manager, right. Um it's all about me. <laughs> um, uh, I'm so great. I got here. They promoted me. It's, it's got to be about me, right? It's right, got to right. be about me. Right. That's one of the greatest lies. Right. Um, oh, I don't know. You know, I. No, I think that's that's it. I it, think that's probably the root of it. Right. Because it, uh, it becomes all about them, and and the greatest solution to it is having again their name tag. Their name tag has shifted, but their mindset hasn't shifted. And the right. two mindsets that need to shift are. My job is my job duties and responsibilities yeah. and titles are different, but my mind shift has to shift now to being it's not about me, but it's about the team. And the greatest lie that we that super performers tell themselves, super managers tell themselves, it's about me. And once they don't make that transition, if they don't make that transition, they're going to fail in this business. There's no way that, that higher ups are going to keep them around because they haven't made the transition. And that right. transition is. Um, that they've got to be able to move from where they were at and focusing just on themselves to focusing on the team. Right. And I just think when you said that to me, the greatest lie that super managers tell themselves is being stuck in that mindset. I go, that is absolutely brilliant because, yeah. but, but how could it be a lie? It's been so true all my life. And now all of a sudden right. that's no longer true. Well, it's about ego, right? And right. it's, you know, when they were the super performer, it was mm-hmm. all about them and it was right. ego and it's what they did and right. how they performed and how they were so much better than everybody else. Right. When they become a manager, mm-hmm. they become a servant. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, we, we haven't really talked about servant leadership here, but right. they really, they only exist to serve the people that work for them. Right. I mean, really. Right. Otherwise they wouldn't have that spot. If they, if those folks okay. can do it without somebody 
you know, helping them do the job, yeah. then what do you need to be there but for? But they haven't thought about that. Right. They haven't crossed that bridge to understand. My job is to get, to, to utilize the resources that are available mm -hmm. to me mm -hmm. to accomplish infinitely more than I could accomplish all by myself. Right. That's what my job is. Right. If they can cross that bridge mm -hmm. and, and actually truly get there, right. then they become a good manager. Right. But if they can't cross that bridge and they say, how many hours can I work? You know, it's all about me. I'm right. the one that has to have the answers and so forth. Then they will hit a wall. They will burn out. Right. They will hit a limit to what they can do. And they leave in their wake. Mm-hmm a bunch of disgruntled employees who right. don't feel like they're being fed, don't feel like they're growing, they don't feel like they have opportunities. Right. And ultimately, they either wither or they, they leave. Right. And and that doesn't help anyone, right? Right. And so uh, there are lots of symptoms around this, and mm -hmm. there's lots of cause and effect that can happen. Right. And if we can get people who have stepped into those manager roles, mm -hmm. uh to begin to understand it's about us, not about me. Right. Then they can move forward in a positive way. Right. How can I how can I help my team members develop in the in the highest level possible? Right. And Gallup has just come out with a book called It's the Manager. And one of the most important findings they've discovered is people are no longer looking for the Friday kegger or the ping pong table or things like that. They're really looking to work for organizations that will help them develop to be the best they could possibly be. People want meaningful work. Right. They want uh, a reason. Right. To to do what they do. We spend a lot of time at work. Mm -hmm. Right. That time needs to be purposeful. It needs to be meaningful. It mm -hmm. needs to be fulfilling. Right. Right. And this isn't just about throwing candy. Right. To your employees, this right. is about, about freebies. This this is about giving them meaningful opportunities where they can grow and they can realize things that uh, are much greater than they might all on their own. Right, and so that's the key for the super manager is to make that transition from uh, you know doing the freebies or the you know how do I, how do I motivate people things like that. Really, the greater question is how do I develop people? Yeah. Because I believe development ends up with being motivation because you're finding out what their strengths are, what they want to, what they want to work on, what their most important tasks are. That's the important key. So what are some things that hold, you know, you've got these super managers, they get promoted. They're trying to do all the old things that they did before. They haven't made the mindset transition. Their nameplates change, but their mindset hasn't changed. Uh, their mindset hasn't changed from the perspective of it's all about me and how do I get promoted to now I need to get my team promoted. But what are some of the things that hold them back? What what keeps them from what keeps them stuck in that spot? And then how do we get them out of that spot? Yeah. So first of all, uh, lack of a good role model. Right. If they've not seen what real management looks like, right, they're likely to repeat the mistakes of what they have seen. Right. So uh, chances are, in a lot of organizations, are like this. Right. Um, they will promote somebody into management and they'll say, okay, here's your new office and your new name tag. And here are your people go, go forward. Right. Uh, <laughs> go conquer. <laughs> some of them might say, oh, we're going to send you to uh, leadership training for a week. And then you're going to come back and know all. Right. Right. But they've never really made the transition. They haven't had the role model mm -hmm. to say, oh, this is what it looks like. Right. That there's actually value in me 
playing a completely different role here. Mm -hmm. And that value is not only value for me, but it's value for the people that work for me and for the whole organization. Mm -hmm. And I can find uh, success and, and, and rewards in that. Right. Uh, it's hard for people to understand that because they've never seen it. Mm -hmm. uh, because this is the syndrome is cyclical, right? Right. And you get organizations that promote the high performers and then they don't do anything. And these people don't really change their roles and their bosses are the same way. And they're right. just driving and killing themselves and out of balance lives and, and burning out and so forth. Right. Um, they need a role model mm -hmm. and, and it's hard to find those role models mm -hmm. in a lot of places. Um, I think we grow them. We mm -hmm. grow them over time, mm -hmm. and maybe some of the people listening to this podcast are are, are new into a management role right mm -hmm. now. Uh, and if you can turn that switch, where now you're beginning to think of yourself as a manager, not as a super performer, right? Uh, and begin to be that role model for the next generation of people that are going to move in to your spot. Mm -hmm. That becomes a one way to combat this. The other thing is uh, lack of a mentor or a coach, mm -hmm. that if you don't have a mentor who can say, you know, I lived through this, mm -hmm. I did this, right. this is what it did to me, right. and now since I've been through this, this is what I learned and what I do differently. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, that kind of wisdom, that kind of thought might be helpful. A coach might coach you through it and ask you questions that would help you uh, broaden your perspective, right. that you begin to understand it's not all about you, but it's really about a bigger picture here, and that there are a lot of people counting on you. Mm -hmm. And and I think it's just at that point, you know, because they're always the super managers always been focused about their career and what skill sets they didn't learn, and yeah. you know how to win friends, and influence people, and all those kinds of skills were were part of their repertoire. The skills now they need to know is how do I win friends, and influence people that work for me. Yeah. And really, it's it's about coaching and developing them and talking about, okay, what are their strengths? What do they do well? And, and really getting to know them at a deep level so that you can help right. them do, you know, are they in the right spot? Are they, in, are they doing the thing that they can do best every day? Uh, which Gallup asks lots of questions about that. Yeah. We have them at, at a high functioning process. But can ultimately, and that's why this podcast was created, is so that folks can learn how to coach their, their folks because... In my opinion, I've and I've I've worked with super managers. I have and I've transitioned them. And I was working with a super manager just recently, and I was just talking to her. And I said, I've got a new client, and I'm taking them through the process. And I've got super managers. And she goes, Oh, she laughed, and she goes, Oh, I know what it's like. And and I said, But I'm having a little trouble having them make that transition. She goes, Oh, just be patient. You'll get there. And I and we are getting there now. And and I was going to actually have her call them and say, You just got to go through this. This is this right. is the this is the the, the the stone crusher of the process is that you know maybe you move it you'll you'll finally come out polished on the other side but she just she just you know talked and she actually when I said I've got some super managers she just laughed she goes well I've been there and you know she and I have had coaching conversations where she literally cried on the phone and said this is brutal it is so hard and and she was just trying to work all of these hours in her life was out of balance and she couldn't see her daughter's piano recital and it broke her heart because she was at work trying to do right. those things. And now guess what? She goes to her daughter's piano recitals because she's learned how to delegate and coach her team. So her team now takes over those functions. So I'd like to 
take that thought, this mm-hmm. idea of delegation mm-hmm. or uh, into a metaphor that I, um, mm-hmm. I have been exposed to over time. Okay. There is a, a gentleman by the name of Benjamin Zander. Okay. Uh, Benjamin Zander is one of the conductors for the Boston Philharmonic. Okay. Uh, and and does uh, some leadership training and and uh, videos and books and so forth. Uh, okay. He calls it art of the possibility. Okay. That's his uh, uh, kind of brand through that. Benjamin Zander says in one of these uh, things, and I use this oftentimes as a metaphor to clients that I'm working with. Mm-hmm. Um, he said. I realized that at one point, mm-hmm. he says, I was like in my mid forties, that the conductor is the only musician on stage that doesn't make a sound. Mm. So I have to rely on making the people playing the French horn and the, the violin and the viola and so forth. I have to rely on making them powerful mm-hmm. to be able to make this beautiful sound because I can't possibly go around and play all of these instruments at Simultaneous, the same time. Right. I can't do it. Right. Right. And so the question is, is what if you acted more like a conductor of an orchestra? Mm-hmm. What would that look like? Mm-hmm. The conductor still has a role, right? Mm-hmm. They put the right people in the right place. You mm-hmm. don't want, you know, a viola player playing the French horn, right? In most cases, right? Right, and you you interpret the music for them. So mm-hmm. so there's this idea of direction and mm-hmm. and um, making sure everybody has a common purpose, a common goal, mm-hmm. right? So interpreting the music, and you rehearse them, and you work with them, and you nurture them, and you you coach them right. essentially, but then. The concert comes, and who does the work? Mm-hmm. They do. They do. Right. And if you've done your job as the conductor, mm-hmm. the music will be beautiful. Mm-hmm. You've empowered them to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? So that metaphor of the symphony conductor is a great metaphor mm-hmm. for how this manager should be. Right. Right? This manager who's beginning to understand, I can't do it all myself. Right. You got to let go of that. Right. Right got to let go of the idea that I could do it all myself. Right. I can't do it all myself. I have to make other people powerful around me to allow them to 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 make this beautiful music. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it doesn't happen. Right. Right. No, I just absolutely love that uh, and I love that analogy better from the perspective of, you know, good to great, he said, you know, get the right people on the bus. And I just, I've always hated that analogy. And I use the analogy with folks, which is, it's amazing you've used that analogy. I use analogy with the folks. Do you have the violinist in the right seat? Mm-hmm. Uh, and do you have the right person playing the violin? Do you have the right person playing the drums? Do you have the right person doing this? So that you have those skill sets, because then that makes, when, when everybody individually is doing their thing that they're strongest at, guess what? The whole team is better. Okay. And you make incredibly powerful music. And so I just love that. And, and, and they do, they have to recognize that but the other side of the coin is, too, I think one of the most powerful moments in an orchestra, watching it, when you talk about the, you know, the conductor doesn't make it sound, is when they tap uh, the baton. And, to get the attention. Right. At that moment, because that, that, that tap means all the things they've talked about, the vision, the, all of the process. Right. And so now we're going to do it. Yeah. And I, you know. And I've never really ever looked at that tap of the baton as being that moment that's so incredibly powerful. But, but honest to God, for me, and I have no idea why, but the tap of the baton is probably the, the coolest moment for me 
in an orchestra because all of a sudden, boom, it's focus. And a great manager who can focus the team through coaching and development and helping their team get better, they really are, they're they're, they're at the pinnacle at that point. I agree. Yeah. So the other thing that you mentioned that kind Mm -hmm. of uh, made me think uh, is the idea of delegation. Mm -hmm. And I I basically believe that most people aren't very good delegators. (laughs) Especially super managers. Right. They're really bad at because, it. Because you know, they may give their people a, a few things here or there, but but they're not willing to turn it all over. Mm-hmm. I had a, a dear friend who was a, a senior uh, executive at mm-hmm. a major telecom um, who talked about his management myths. Mm-hmm. And... On delegation, he made one statement, and I say this to a lot of uh, clients and people I teach. Right. There's no task too big to delegate. Now, this idea takes everybody, everybody's shocked by it, Mm -hmm. you know, because they listen to it and they go, oh, come on. There are tasks that are too big to delegate. Mm -hmm. And I stop them in their tracks and I say, what you are saying is I'm the only one good enough, smart enough, capable enough to do this. Mm -hmm. When in reality, you may have people who are working for you within the organization that might be infinitely better than you are at doing that. But you're holding on to it. Mm -hmm. And what happens is when you hold on to too much, you get overwhelmed and you're not actually doing your job, which is managing people and moving the organization forward. So this idea of delegation becomes kind of an important thing. Mm -hmm. And when you see people who are bad delegators, Mm -hmm. if they just put a little sign on their computer that they see every day that says there's no task too big to delegate. Then it changes your mindset. It changes their mindset and they begin to get into a mode Mm -hmm. of saying it really is about the team. It's not about me. Right. No, I I think that's a great point. Um, And Andy Stanley talks about a podcast that he did and and a concept. He talks about only do what only you can do. And when you take that concept that you just, because I've never, I've never taken those two ideas and juxtaposition them together at one moment. And so this is that moment of those two ideas colliding in my brain. And hopefully I can express those to everyone here that's listening, but only do what only you can do. And no task is so big. You can't delegate it. If you collide those two ideas together, the only thing that you should be doing is as a leader is leading is are those tasks being done? And really it is developing your people or coaching them because the the only thing that you can do that you can't delegate to someone else is coach people to be better. That is ultimately your goal. That's ultimately your role. And so that was great clarity just right there at that moment. I'd never thought about taking only do what only you can do and you can delegate everything and collide those two ideas together. And then really the only thing you're doing is developing your people and coaching them. And if you're doing that, then you're doing your job. They're getting better. Certainly you've got to watch for the task and getting tasks done. But, you know, the two roles of managers is get the task done and develop your people. And by using that idea, boom, you develop your people. It's a great connection. Yeah. A great point. Um, I just love the fact that uh, we've talked about this today. What last thought do you want people to walk away with uh, in this process? If you are a manager Mm -hmm. of any type, any level, and you find yourself, if you're honest with yourself, and you're making it about you, Mm -hmm. step back and realize your job Mm -hmm. is 
to help the people working for you and working mm-hmm. with you to perform at the highest level they possibly can mm-hmm. for the good of the team. Right. It's not about your you. job is to increase the capacity mm-hmm. of what needs to happen or mm-hmm. what you can do through other people. Right. That is your job. Mm-hmm. It's not about how hard you work. Mm-hmm. It's not about you being a superstar right. uh, in what you used to do. Mm-hmm. It's about you empowering in giving power to other people so that they can perform at the highest level they possibly can. Yeah, I just think that's a great idea. You know, can can you make them the stars and can you can you change your ego to the point where they're the stars? Yeah. Uh, and if you do that, you're probably going to be pretty darn good successful at uh, at being a manager. I agree. Very good. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. How would you like people to get a hold of you? Sure. Um, two ways. You can um, send me an email. Okay. Andy, A-N-D-Y, at Huckaba which is spelled H-U-C-K-A-B-A dot com. So Andy at Huckaba.com is my email. Okay. Uh, Or you can uh, connect with me on Twitter, which I love Twitter. Okay. Uh, It's at sign uh, Andy Huckaba. Okay. (laughs) Very simple. Mm A-N-D-Y-H-U-C-K-A-B-A. Okay. So that's my Twitter handle. Very good. At Andy Huckaba. You got your name. That's that's the great thing about a unique name. You got your name for your Twitter handle. So Absolutely. life is and good. And my email. Absolutely. You've got <laughs> so, Andy at Huckaba.com. I Andy. did register that in 1992. <laughs> <laughs> now we're aging ourselves. Absolutely. Now we're aging ourselves. Andy, great job. Thank you, my Thank friend. You. Have a great one.